Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 37 of Season 3 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action movie, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Duncan Shields of Chronologically Speaking. Hello! Welcome back. You, you know, I'm sure you were trying to figure out what Tony was saying yesterday when he was talking about a fire. You yeah. Know, who knows? I don't know. What is he firing? Is is he like you know coming in and saying you're fired? Yeah. You know, or is he pulling out, pull out a Schwarzenegger? You're fired. There you go. Exactly. So who knows? We'll have to wait and see. So right. this episode begins with Tony uh, trying to get more friendly with uh, with <laughs> the intruder, right? And uh, ends with Tony uh, thinking that he possibly has the upper hand. Yep, yep, that's right. Okay, so as we, we, we ended yesterday's episode with Tony walking through the deserted uh, 32nd floor looking for McLean or looking for whoever's there. He doesn't know who's there. And he started saying the fire. And he continues with by saying, the fire has been called off, my friend. So, you see, he's trying to become friendly here. You know, well, he's, he's mean, trying to be nice. He's doing the, that cliche, you know, you know, the terrorist. You know, like he's got it with his, uh, I guess, German accent, maybe Austrian. I'm not sure, but like his, you know, he's literally like the fire has been called off, my friend. He's like just a just a shadow away from saying mein Freund or something. You know, exactly. Like uh, you know, <laughs> it's good. It's great. It's great. Exactly. He goes, nobody, no one is coming to help you. You might as well come out and join the others. Okay, so it's great because like he says it in a very you know calm way. He's trying to to lull whoever it is that's there, you know, out. He he's not expecting it to be someone who's armed. He's expecting that some guy just got away from the party, you know, and thought of the idea of pulling the fire sure. alarm. You know, this, sure, this, sure, sure. he he doesn't really expect any uh, confrontation here. You know, he feels sure. very safe. Yeah. In in everything that's going along. You know, yeah. he's still he's cautious, but he's you know he's looking around cautiously about everything, but he still feels safe. He thinks it's some soft executive who's like uh, cowering somewhere or yeah. something. Yeah. Now, what's great is he says, you might as well come out and join the others. And then we see him cock his gun. Well, <laughs> so, he says, you know, he cocks his gun right after he says, oh, no, no. He cocks his gun and then has the audacity to say, say I, I promise. Okay. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you. Anchorman gif. I don't believe you. Exactly. But I mean, first of all, I, I've 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 handled many guns in, in in my lifetime. Yeah. And you know, I've been in situations where you're walking into an area where you might need to walk in with 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 a gun with a bullet in the chamber. Okay. Uh-huh. So you're not cocking the gun at this point. He no. he should have cocked the gun beforehand. So well, this it's, this it's, is it's, done for it, the it, for an effect for you sure. It's done. Get that. Yeah. It's done as an effect, but but if he already walked into this room, you know, if he was a real professional, he would already have had the bullet in the chamber when he yeah. was getting out of the elevator, and then he'd walk around. But we don't know that, so he has to tell us, you know, that by by cocking the gun. It's like the the pulling back of the hammer in a western, or uh, or racking the shotgun. You know, it's like these are all things you should have done already. Exactly. You know, you're you're, sure. you're in the situation now. Don't right. don't do it halfway through your monologue. You know, like. Right. Uh, Especially, especially because it betrays the utter lies that you're telling in this Correct. particular. Especially when you say, "I promise I won't hurt you." <laughs> I and promise I, don't know, I won't hurt you, I but I've just cocked my gun. <laughs> you might know this. Is this good? Does he have good uh, 
trigger discipline here because his finger is pretty much on the trigger all the time. And I think you're supposed to have it like not on the trigger. Well, again, he... you're not supposed to, depending on the situation that you're walking into, you know, if you're walking into a situation where you're about to fire, you want to have your, your finger yeah. on the trigger. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, the safety measure of not having your finger on the trigger is when you're in an area in, in a situation where you don't expect to use your gun. He's expecting right. to use his gun right now. And Makes he sense. doesn't, he doesn't want to lose that fraction of a second by having to, you know, put his finger into the trigger guard in order to shoot. One thing yeah. I did read in connection to this film was that most of the shots with the firearms, the team of the, you know, the thieves or terrorists or whatever you want to call them, the uh, Hans Gruber's men have excellent trigger discipline throughout the film. But there are yeah. like some armed, uh, you know, people that are experts at such things. We're looking at the movie going, yeah, they actually... Yeah. You know, either have training or were trained properly for the film because their yeah. trigger discipline is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of movies that they they take their time to make sure that that the actors, uh, you know, portray the uh, handling of weapons properly. There's you know. the uh, the famous like when you're not used to it. Apparently, a lot of actors will make gun noises with their mouths. When well, you had that with the Star Wars movies where, yeah. where they're all making lightsaber sounds, you know, you know, exactly. or like, uh, you know, when you're firing your gun, you're like, you know, pew, 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 or you're like, exactly. You know, and, they have to cut all know, that like, out of post-production. You have to be told a few times, like the actors are like, okay, you're making gun sounds with your mouth. You have to stop. Okay. I'm sorry. And then they're like, cut. <laughs> you just did it again. And they're like, what? I did? Oh, geez. Like they have to really concentrate to not make gun sounds. If, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's an easy way to get fired. You know. Yeah, no doubt. You didn't do that during masterminds, did you? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was, a, I was a, a minor tunneling underneath the school. I don't think I had to handle any any firearms. Oh, okay, all right, that, that's fine. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the 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 way that that he says, "I promise I won't hurt you," you know, he's not believable at all. No, <laughs> because he also no. is like smirking as he says it too. You know, like we see his face. I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just a second away from going. Yeah, ah, uh, ah, uh, you know, like it's not, it's you know, you're not, yeah. uh, you're, you're not telling the truth, sir. No. And then he's standing there in front of this stack. Now this is the same stack that we saw McLean behind yesterday. So you yeah. you wanted to talk about yesterday about what that stack is. What what is that stack? My belief is that it's a stack of drywall. That is correct. Right, right That's now. What I you've got the uh, the metal struts where they put up all the. Um, you know, wiring, I guess, or whatever, and the light switches, and then you put the drywall up around it. So this is they're they're running around the skeleton of the floor. None of these, none of these shiny metal struts, I think, are load bearing, but they're there to, to where the, that's where the walls are going to go. So it's yeah. like the skeleton, the skeleton of the floor. Right. Okay. So what do you know about drywall? I've got friends who are experts at it, so I've picked up a little bit of knowledge. Like so I, I chose the wrong person to be on on today's episode. We should have <laughs> no. invited your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I've got friends who can talk for hours about drywall. I know that it goes up quick, but it has to be done properly, um, and that it can be repaired. Some, you know, it can be spot repaired easily, but if there's too much damage, it really all needs to be uh, taken down. And I know that it's relatively recent invention, and um, I might be wrong, but that's what I that's what I think. And the okay. person who the person who made it is is vastly wealthy the person who came up with 
drywall. And I think drywall is made out of gyp rock. I might be wrong. You're, you're close. Know. You're close. Okay. So, you you take take me through it because I think okay. I just exhausted all, right. all, so, of my, all of my drywall. <laughs> so do you, do you know any other names for drywall? Uh, sheetrock? No, okay. I don't know. Yes, 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 sheetrock. Is sheet that rock. one of them? Oh, great. Yeah, that is sure. one of them. Okay, so drywall is also referred to as plasterboard, wallboard, sheetrock, gypsum board, gypsum, buster yeah, board, yeah. custard board, or custard. a gypsum panel. Okay. Right? It's a panel panel made of calcium sulfite dehydrate, which is known as gypsum. And okay. it uh, is typically used be, uh, extruded between thick sheets of facer and backer paper used in the okay. construction of interior walls and ceilings. The plaster yeah. is mixed with fiber, typically paper, glass wool, or a combination of these materials, plastericized foaming agent, and the additives that can reduce mildew, flammability, and water absorption. Yeah, very important. Okay. Drywall construction has become very prevalent in North America. Uh, because of its time and labor-saving alternative to sure. using regular plaster, you know, for putting up wall. So the first plant was opened in 1888 in Rochester, Kent, England. Oh, okay. Not not to be confused with Rochester, New York. Correct. There's another Rochester. That's right. So Sackett board was invented in 1894 by a man named Augustine Sackett and Fred Kane, mm -hmm. okay, who uh, were graduates of the uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institution, right? Ah, Institute, okay. right? They were they basically were laying layering plaster with four plies of wool felt paper. The sheets were sure. about thirty six by thirty six by by a, a quarter of an inch, you know, with with open edges. So okay. then they started using it more in like nineteen ten to nineteen thirty. They were wrapping the board edges and eliminating parts of the, the inner layers in order to, and, and using paper-based facings on the inside. Right. Okay, so, you know, in, uh, <laughs> in 2002, there was apparently a cartel in Europe that uh, was a, affecting 80% of the consumers in France, England, Germany, and all the Benelux countries. Because oh, they they <laughs> they they were uh, you know not creating good drywall and no they, they were making tons of money they, they were making tons of money hold on the market but they yes. were not creating they were, it was not a good product yeah they were imposed fines of over four hundred and twenty million euro at the time for for everything that they were doing because uh, you know the the idea is trying to make things uh, more fire resistant and. Uh, you know, more efficient, but apparently they were finding, trying to find ways to, to, to make it a little bit more cheaper. Sure. Cut corners at that volume and you're saving a lot of money. So yeah, but. completely. I remember right. uh, somebody telling me about when you, you mentioned Benelux, um, a lot of people get the Netherlands and Holland mixed up building is that, you know, and uh, so you think, well, you got to remember, you know, Benelux is Belgium, the Netherlands, uh, Luxembourg. And Luxembourg. But if it was Holland, then it would be Baholux, which is ah, like that's a, true. Uh, you know, UK slang for balls. So that was a, that was a funny joke. That's how you know it's Benelux. That's how you know it's As the Netherlands. Right. It's not Holland. It's the Netherlands. Otherwise, it'd be Baholux. There you go. That's great. <laughs> so then Tony 
you know, starts walking towards this, this pile of sheetrock, right? Now, mm -hmm. wh why do you think he suspects that that's where the intruder is hiding? Well, this is like that old uh, Monty Python sketch, you know, how to not be seen in nature. You yeah. know? And <laughs> so, however, he has chosen an obvious hiding spot. <laughs> ah! You know, like you've got one bush in the middle of nowhere. It's, yeah. It appears like this is the stack of drywall for this room. Yes. And that's, uh, you know, where else could he possibly be hiding? That's right. So he's, Tony continues and he, he quickly maneuvers himself around the, the entire stack. And with no hesitation whatsoever, he just opens fire. You yeah. know, again, you know, I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, my gun misfired. Yeah, Sorry. and then he, he shoots a quick burst right into that area, and we get to see, you know, we, we think that McLean is still there. Just like a few weeks ago, we thought McLean was still in the office when they were coming to yeah. check. You know, we, we did, you know, they were able to give him those few seconds to run across with nobody hearing him, you know, because, yeah. you know, you don't make noise when you're barefoot. Um, Everyone knows that. In, in an office building that's, yeah. that's uh, partially carpet, carpet, carpeted. So who knows? <laughs> and uh, then he quickly hears this. He he turns because he hears the sound of machinery. You know, I which, like this just to, to get back to the, him. the sound here. I like the sound when uh, when Tony fires at the ground. Yeah, this uh, this this sounds like not just a canned sound effect. It sounds like it was made custom for the film because um, it's got a really nice. It's compact. It sounds like it's inside the room. It's not just like, you know, submachine gun sound effect number 26 off a disc somewhere. Right. It's got a real, it's got, it's, it's very punchy. And, uh, the, and it doesn't just have the, you know, pew, 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 the, the kind of like, you know, ricochet, the, the sort of cliche ricochet sound effect that you would hear whining off of the, uh, whining off of the concrete that he's firing at. You know, you just hear a really good, it sounds like a very powerful gun in an enclosed area, kind of yeah. like uh, like the, the the firefight and heat, right? They kept right. all the ambient sound of the echoes because otherwise, I mean, and that way it just adds all this all this realism to it. Although I will say, opening up that close onto a concrete floor sounds Not like a smart. horrible idea. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's especially, I mean, they we get to see all the sparks that are flying when he's shooting. <laughs> yeah. You know the the the, the pyrotechnic uh, crew got 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 some work ahead of them there for that one. Yeah, <laughs> no question about that. And you know, then we hear the sound of machinery that he quickly looks to the other side because he's distracted by it. Right, we're not yeah. sure what it is. He looks off to the right, and then we see that he starts to walk in that direction, and then he starts to to like speed up. He begins to trot. And you know, starts moving a, a little faster in order to get there. I love I love his eighties glasses also. Oh, you know, he's yeah, got like these glasses. huge glasses that you know you'd think that uh you know so he he tries to figure out where this this you know machinery noise is coming from, and then he reaches a point where he sees you know the he sees something spinning and the 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 you know the 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 dial you know starts slowing down at that point when he's he's looking at it right so Tony comes to a halt and he's he's ready for something, but he sees nothing there going on. And then he looks to the left, trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe there's someone down the corner, uh, down around the corner or around the corridor or something like that. And at this point, he thinks that maybe he found someone again. So he takes another stance 
you know, as if he's ready to to fire on somebody. And, you know, the saw blade is it's great the way they show it to us. The, that yeah, you know, that's just slowing down. No, I've always wondered until I, I thought about it this time watching this. You know, what 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 exactly is happening here? You know, so you know, McLean must have you know pressed a button to turn on the the, the saw in order to distract Tony a bit, right? But yeah. th- these saws probably have like what what you would call a dead man switch. You know, that if you're not holding on holding something down. You know, it's not going to work. So that's why it turns off so quickly. Well, I've used them, and they've got like a a throttle, right? Like the 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 trigger to to turn it on and off. Like you can turn it on and just say, "Okay, go," right, and then run all your boards through it because you need both your hands. But there is a there is a trigger that you can just like like goose, right, to turn to to like rear rear and kind of rev the blade uh, as you as you're feeding stuff through it. Yeah, but but I doubt McLean knows about that. Well, it's just it's very it's it's like the trigger of a gun. It's the trigger on the blade. So if you just right. go over there and give it a quick pulse, it's going to mm-hmm. go over and then wind itself down. Okay, All right, and I think sense. I I think that's what he did. Okay, although it so, does it does go for a while, so maybe I'm wrong. But that was right. in my head. Or maybe was he was made. holding it down for a little while, and then he when he heard Tony coming, he let go, and that's yeah. why it stopped. You know, yeah, that can be that's awesome. all, that, yeah, that's always been my head canon for for what's going on here. Right. So we we actually can see the the as the blade is slowing down, we can actually see the the company that makes this saw, and there's yeah, like yeah. a little sign there that says, uh, you know, uh, first of all, it says Dewalt saws, the one and only Dewalt, very yeah. very like right up there with Black and Decker. Right. And then we see it says 12 inches, 300 millimeter blade, four inches, 102 millimeter cut. So those are all the measurements of that particular uh, blade. I, yeah. yeah do, sure do you know when the, the Dewalt? I, I couldn't figure out what the what the the model was of that. I tried. No, I I couldn't get the model either. But I imagine it's a like a portable job site table saw. So it's not one that's um you know bolted in place. It's one that you can sort of put in an elevator and take up to where you need it. So right. I assume that um, because of the requirements of the different specific jobs out there, that it is adjustable in a lot of right. different respects. So it right. might not be a, a specific model. It's kind of like, well, what do you need it to be? You know, like you, you right. set okay, it up sense. the way you want it. Right. So do, do you know what year the, the company was founded? The DeWalt company? No. So the, the company was started in 1923 by Raymond E. DeWalt. I didn't who, realize it was that old. That's who awesome. Was, who was the inventor of the radial arm saw. What? Yes. So, oh, they were like the OG radial arm saws. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And they were they were sold to Black and Decker in 1960, which is why they are uh, now they're a subsidiary of Black and Decker. So they still have the Dewalt name, but they're a subsidiary of Black and Decker. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I I, I found it to be really cool. Yeah, that is cool. I kind of wish it was the other way around, but um. <laughs> I wish that uh, you know, the DeWalt's actually the shadow company behind Black and Decker. That would have been uh, pretty cool. But um, yeah, oh, well, I, I you know I it always makes me a little sad when I hear about these you know really old historically relevant companies that ended up getting sold to Coca Cola or you know exactly. whatever you know. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, I'm glad their name is still around, but it's like they're a ghost or something. Right. That's true. So Tony seems flabbergasted because he's not really sure what to think here. You know, like what what's going on? What's this 
you know, why is this uh, radial arm blade uh, going or whatever? And the, and the music gets even more tense. As yeah, it goes up. Music, yeah. Yeah. And then quickly we see that McLean shows up and pushes his gun right into Tony's left ear, right below Tony's left ear. Yeah. And he goes, drop it, dickhead. It's the police. And Tony goes, you won't hurt me. And he says, oh, yeah? Why not? And he goes, because you're a policeman. Yeah. And then we, we uh, don't get the rest of that that line there. You know, well, tomorrow we'll have to hear the rest of that line. But yeah. I, I wanted to actually first focus on, um, you know, on McLean's first line where he says, drop it, dickhead. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it made me think, OK, what is where does the term dickhead come from? OK. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I found this uh, in the uh, uh, Urban Dictionary. Right, so it's uh-huh. a vulgar slang, a stupid, contemptible, or annoying man. Sure. And, and the 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 uh, uh, example they give here is Grace took me aside. Hey, she said, I think Eunice has some real problems. Duh, I said, her father's a dickhead. Whatever. That's right. just uh, you know, the the first known use of the term dickhead came in in 1960. Okay. Right. Um, and. I found in another place there two definitions of of the term. So number one is someone who treats people unfairly for little or no reason. Okay. Okay. That makes sense, right? And the second one just made me laugh, and it's going to make everyone laugh when they're listening to this. It's a person with a penis on their head. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't exactly. I don't know why that's in a you know that that's in the dictionary i i wouldn't think that that people would be that literal by no, that if you call someone a dickhead would, uh, that's where it would come from 100 percent assume that it is 100 percent a metaphor uh, i yes. would never say no not at all no <laughs> yeah. you know but when i picture uh what you know like I, when i think the there's a latin saying uh penis erectus non compost mentis which means uh, an erect penis knows no conscience or an erect penis knows no mind. Okay. Um, and uh, so when I, when I think of that kind of, you know, when you call someone a dickhead, it's like they're, they're in that, 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 you know, that state, Yes. you know, that, that kind of idiotic, you know, one trick, one track mind state uh, with all of the sort of inherent, uh, blindness that, uh, that 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 comes with uh, what that comes with it. So if somebody's a dickhead, they're not um, they're not they're not that bright, and they're probably arrogant, belligerent, stubborn, and uh, you know driven. So that yeah. would uh, that's what that's what I assume. And also yeah. like when you the, the you've got the the head of a the head of a dick, the head of a person. You know, there's that synonym. You know, head in both in both cases. So it's kind of just. Uh, and it's, I guess it's fun to say, dickhead. You know, it's yeah, kind so. of a. Right. It's like Makes you're sense. saying with, uh, uh, you know, what's his face with the seven, George Carlin, when he's like, well, you know, I, I, I would take motherfucker <laughs> out, but the rhythm of it really works for the list. You know, and it's like, <laughs> exactly. dickhead is another one. Yeah. You know, it's it's why it's not, uh, you know, you don't call someone a, a penis head or something because that's not, you know, that sounds weird. Yeah. You know? So, exactly. Dickheads go. 
Yeah, well, it makes sense. Now, I mean, Tony sounds pretty naive by saying this, you know, that, that uh, well, even in the 1980s yeah. by saying you're not going to hurt me because you're a policeman, you know. Doesn't he know what's going on in the 80s? There was a lot of police brutality, you know, not just in L.A., but other places. So, yeah, but as a child in the 80s, the the archetype of officer friendly was still, you know, in full effect. You know, like it wasn't until sort of the L.A. riots that we really got like to me anyway, as an adult, uh, started to understand that maybe the cops on the whole as an organization have a problem not uh it's not just like i was like most cops would welcome an investigation by internal affairs because they all want to be good people and arbiters of justice you know like that was my <laughs> you know growing up i'm like that's what cops are and that's what mounties are you're 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 in canada and, yeah they're the mounties there's a cop of course and there's some that have of course succumbed to the temptation and the relentless violence that they see day in day out and now they're you know stealing money or whatever but that's not all of them you know and now but now I'm you know I'm like uh oh, there's, there's there's a lot wrong with the institution <laughs> you know and uh so you know when he's like because you're a policeman and I love how words like that sound in um in the mouths of people that you know english isn't their first language it becomes so much more literal yeah you're not just a policeman you're like a policeman yeah. you know it's a it's a, almost like a superhero title or something they become that is the profession the literal profession he is a policeman yeah and uh, i like the way he says it but I, it is probably naive but it's what they're it's what they're depending on as well i mean I think for the 80s, I don't know. It doesn't strike me as super naive. It just yeah. strikes me as okay, a, a, a little naive. American cops were at that point, I think, still being held up as a cliche pinnacle of law and order. Right. That they there there was things that they you know it's the good guy never kills. You know it's the bad guy who kills. The good guys uh, send the bad guys to prison. You know like right. that's that 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 sort of Okay, that's, that's fair. Cliche was still in full effect. I thought it was eroded and it was starting <laughs> to fall apart. But yeah. yeah, you're right. It's probably probably not a naive thing for him to say. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So the, or the... Maybe, maybe, but also maybe he's just trying to draw. You know, talk more. Yeah. You know, don't pull the trigger. Talk more. You know. That's true. Also, right. So the, the the script has a few little minor discrepancies, not that many. First of all, instead of him cocking the gun, it says that he fingers the trigger of his machine gun. Meaning that in the script, you know, he already has a bullet in the chamber. Yeah. You know, at this point, time. you know, it makes a little more sense. Um, they refer to the saw as the and a radial arm saw that's spinning yeah. noisily. Um, and it, then it says Tony grins at his own nervousness. He moves to turn it off, not realizing the sound has buried the soft rustle of McLean stepping into a frame behind him. McLean shoves that his the barrel off. against Tony's temple. That yeah. makes way more sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, and then it says, McLean says, freeze, police, don't move or name your beneficiary. <laughs> what? Okay, I'm <laughs> glad they changed that. That's, that's, what a. Uh, I, I can't imagine Bruce Willis saying that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, and then it says, Tony doesn't. McLean cocks his Beretta. Tony watches him calmly. So again, you know, he, he, he puts the gun to his forehead, but he doesn't. You know, he, he didn't cock the gun beforehand. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, I like uh, uh, there is something to be said for the sound of it. I remember police ran past me once responding to a robbery that was happening in my area. And one of them was carrying a shotgun and he did the old, you know, like racked the shotgun as he was running past me uh, responding to the robbery. And I've heard that sound 900 times in a movie, but that was the first time I'd heard it in like real life beside me and mm-hmm. like my my knees went weak and my blood went cold yeah i was like okay all right okay <laughs> all right okay you know like and so if somebody's got a gun to your head you're like okay but then you hear the gun cock you're like oh okay this is real yeah. so there's a there's a i think um there's a kind of an auditory trigger to it too if you really want to scare the person that you're drawing down on yeah. that sound goes a long way Correct. I did. Uh, sorry, I know. I know we've got it rated in, but I also want to say that Tony doesn't know about McLean's cloak of invisibility. Ah, okay. Because <laughs> I don't know. Like at this point in this, in, in, throughout this movie, McLean pulls some straight up ninja antics, and this is one of those scenes where I'm like, uh, he just like disappears. Yeah. And then just reappears. I'm like, you don't skitter around the floor there and turn on saws and then get the drop on guys. Uh, like that, this is plainly impossible. What happens in this scene? It's like you said, he took off his socks. So now he's like the wind. Yes. Of course. Of course. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. But that's why I like in the script, it was the sound of the saw that covered up McLean's approach. Yes. That's true. Okay, so every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where either myself or my guest will give a little story about an adventure or misadventure that has happened to one of us uh, that's somehow related to a holiday. So, Duncan, you got a story for us? I do. Uh, One funny story that happened to me a couple years ago uh, was that Easter happened to fall on April Fool's Day. Uh, various doesn't happen very often, but Easter took place on April the 1st. So that year for our daughter, the Easter bunny decided to hide a whole bunch of vegetables and cans of soup around the house and in the baskets instead of chocolate. Oh, wow. So he hit some chocolates uh, here and there as well, but there are yeah, also a lot of uh, carrots, red peppers, uh, broccoli and uh, stuff like that. So the how old Easter was she at the time? Very hilarious that year. How uh, old, that how- would have been eight i think so did she get eight, it eight, eight, eight or seven did she get it did she get the joke yeah like she thought the joke was hilarious and she thought that the the easter bunny has a was was playing a, a wonderful prank uh-huh. so she was okay. all she was all in on that okay that's fair yeah all right great great story thank you it was a it, it was a gamble but uh it was it was very funny we all had a really really good laugh it was yeah, a, a wonderful like opportunity like it's falling on april 1st we got to do something you know and uh yeah that was good oh wow great story thank you very much for that so duncan you want to once again tell people uh how, where they can find you uh you can go to buyduncanshields.com it's a skeleton of a website but it's still active i gotta update it and make it look better uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at by Duncan Shields, uh, like B-Y Duncan Shields, S-H-I-E-L-D-S. Or, yeah, like I said, go to TorontoLogicallySpeaking.com or go to uh, TimeBanditsMinute.com. All right. Great. And while you're doing that, you can find me very simply by doing a search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter, find me on Facebook, or you can go directly to my website. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay Yippee-ki-yay. 